Some stories are born of a fertile mind. Others come from the heart. Then there are those whose origin is shrouded in legend and history. Come explore mystery, folklore, fantasy, and wonder from the Green Velvet Chair. Episode 4, Part 2, Hide and Seek. In Part 1 of this episode, we were exposed to streaking elves, hide and seek players who were invisible, and one hapless player who had been knocked out. Was it by the invisible woman? She had registered as Anonymous, but now we know her name is Samantha. Why is she hiding her identity? Will Hugo and Cat and Mr. and Mrs. P be able to figure out what's going on before game night is ruined? Let's check in on Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson as they attend to the player with the bruised noggin. Young woman, are you all right? <clears throat> I recommend we have you sit down for a bit. Gentlemen, let's find her a chair and a cup of tea, perhaps in the library where it's quiet. Hmm, excellent idea, Watson. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, by the way, my name is Marcy. The introductions were made all around. She leaned on Hercule for support. The men escorted her down the hall. Sitting down sounds like a really good idea right now. They made it halfway to the stairs when a door opened beside them and something collided with the woman. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. The door on the other side of the hallway opened and closed. That was him. That's the one who knocked me down before. I'd recognize his voice anywhere. Watson, we need to hasten our pursuit. Uh, Hercule, could you take charge of this woman and see her to the library? Uh, but of course. Quickly, Watson, we don't want him to get away. Sherlock and Watson went after the invisible man. The ship Poirot escorted the woman to the library. A band was playing in the ballroom. The sound filtered through the library door as Mrs. P brought in some tea and cookies. Here you are, my dear. I understand you've had a bit of a shock. Oh, thanks. It's been a crazy night. Well, dear, what happened? I, I was looking for a safe room to get a few minutes to sit down. I found this lovely room with a fireplace and an older woman sitting in a chair. She offered me some tea, and we chatted for a bit. She said her name was Victoria. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, dear. What did you say? Uh, I had some tea. No, no, dear. About the woman. Oh, she was nice. I'm sorry, dear. I know that this has been upsetting for you. But what did you say her name was? Um, Victoria? Ah, oh, it can't be. No, I'm sure that's what she said. Oh, well, dear, you just sit right here. I need to find Mr. P. Mrs. P left the library, closing the door behind her. She found Mr. P talking to Hugo. Sorry to interrupt you, but I need to speak to you in private, dear. Well, of course. Hugo, please excuse me. Uh, no problem, Mr. P. I'll go find Mistress Cat to see if she has figured out what's going on. Um, thank you, Hugo. Penelope, let's go to my office. The invisible woman hid herself behind a statue, still feeling like someone was following her. She looked at her hands and saw the shimmering outline of her fingers. Oh no, the invisibility potion is wearing off. Oh. She peeked her head out and looked down the hallway. 
Seeing no one else, she ran to the first door she found. Ducking inside, she blew out a frightened breath <sighs> as tears welled in her eyes. It was dark in the room. Feeling around the wall, she couldn't find a light switch. She tried not to let herself panic. She took a rucksack from her shoulder. It was made of an invisible fabric. Pulling out three vials, she held them. I've got to take the next potion before someone sees me. Checking behind the door, she found a light switch, flipped it on, and the room was lit with a soft pink glow from a table lamp. That's better. Oh, scrubby buckets, the labels on the vials have fallen off. Now I don't know which one to take next. Oh, Caleb, I've messed up everything. All I wanted was for us to be able to buy a home and a place to start our family. She put one hand on her belly, knowing soon it would be growing larger. With a yard for our daughter where we could build a tree house. She looked at the vials. I guess it, it won't matter now. I'll just pick one. Choosing one vial, she put the other two back in the bag, removed the stopper, and raised it to her mouth to drink it. The door flung open, colliding with her back, toppling her over. The vial flew across the room and smashed on the floor. The invisible man rushed into the room, tripping over the now not-so-invisible woman. He landed with a thud just at the edge of a gaping hole in the floor where the vial had shattered. They both stared at the hole. You? Oh, no, what did you do? Uh, nothing. Well, I almost fell through that hole. She looked over where the floor used to be. What the heckle happened? How should I know? It was your vial. What? That That's an actual hole. Yeah, and like I said, I almost fell into it. You should be more careful where you throw your potions. But I almost drank it. Well, why would you do that? It could have killed you. Oh, no, oh, no. I could have died, like wiped out of existence. So why would you want to drink it? I was supposed to take the vials in, in order of their numbering, but the labels fell off and I didn't know which one was next. Oh, they told me to take them in order. Uh, who? Why? That's crazy. Even if you took them in order, you still would have drank the last one. <gasps> oh. The invisible man pointed to the hole in the floor, then saw the reality of the situation dawn on her face. It would have killed me. No, no, no. They wanted me dead. Who wanted you dead? Marley and Scrooge. The money lenders? Why would they kill you? She put her head in her hands and sobbed. The door burst open. Aha! We've found you at last. Watson, apprehend her. Meanwhile, back in the ballroom. Hey, Hugo. How's it going? Oh, hi, Miss Cat. Um... Still keeping an eye out for strange happenings. Is that why you're inspecting the furniture with a magnifying glass? Uh, yep. Looking for clues. <laughs> Found any yet? No, everything here is normal. What about those old men in the corner? What? Oh, that's just Statler and Waldorf playing checkers. Their ongoing game. Ongoing? How long have they been playing? Uh, 
I'm not sure. I was told they started during the Civil War. The what? Yup. Seems every year something always interrupts their game. I guess that would explain why they have the traffic cones and caution tape surrounding their table. Uh, they really take it seriously. <laughs> yup, they sure do. Everybody knows not to disturb them once they start. We call it the Forbidden Zone. I'll be sure to give them a wide berth. Hugo froze in place and looked confused. Um, Hugo, what's wrong? Uh, I just saw an elf take something from that lady's purse. What? Elves don't steal, uh, do they? No, they don't. Uh, Mr. P, we have a bit of a situation. Ah, Dr. Watson, how can I be of assistance? <clears throat> yes, yes, we've happened upon a young woman who spun quite a fanciful narrative. We were hoping you could help us sort it out. I'd be happy to do what I can do. Lead the way, Doctor. Hey, Hugo, have you seen Mrs. P? Uh, no, Miss Cat. I went to the kitchen, but she's not there. Neither were the elves. I thought they were helping her cook and serve the food. That's what I thought, too. Come to think of it, there aren't any elves here in the ballroom, either. And that just doesn't seem right. Oh, something weird is going on. <laughs> Miss Cat, you said there's always something weird going on here. But this is a weird kind of weird. Oh, wait, I see one. Where? Over there, by that table. Oh, I see him. Did he just put that silver candlestick inside his jacket? He sure did. Let's go talk to him. We made our way across the room. The elf spotted us approaching and ran. We took off after him. The elf looked back at us, which caused him to lose his balance. He tripped over a traffic cone and into the Forbidden Zone, knocking over Waldorf, one of the old men playing checkers. The entire room gasped. <gasps> Confound it! What do you think you're doing? The elf ran. Help! Hey, Mr. Waldorf, are you hurt? Don't worry about me! Save the checkers! The table was tipping over and the checkerboard was starting to slide. With one swift movement of his big hairy hand, Hugo righted the table. Hugo then picked up the overturned chair and helped Waldorf back into it. Is that better? Are you okay? I'm fine. How's the checkers game? That game is fine. Hugo, help me get the area cordoned off again before some fool blunders in and topples it over. Several creatures helped put the cones back in place and ran new caution tape enclosing the men in their gaming area. Mr. Statler, what is that stick you're holding? It's a shock stick. Let one of those numpties meddle in our section again and I'll zap them. Uh, you were right, Hugo. They do take their game seriously. Uh, let's back away slowly, Miss Cat. Wouldn't want to startle them and get shocked. I'm with you, Hugo. Come on. We still need to find Mrs. P. The lights in the ballroom began to flicker. Uh, Miss Cat? I know, Hugo. Something weird is going on.
my diamond necklace is gone! My wallet is missing! Someone has stolen my potato chips! Uh, Fred, you ate them. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hugo? I'm with you, cat. Let's go find Mrs. P. Cedric, the elf, and Mrs. P crept through the bushes next to the apple orchard, staying far enough behind the group of trolls they were following so as not to be seen. Cedric, where are we going? <laughs> You'll see. The group stopped at an archway. A large troll stepped up to a panel on the side and pushed a series of buttons. The archway shimmered. A soft glow started to form. Then it expanded, filling the archway. There was a whooshing sound. The big troll chuckled and said, Ha! Throw him in! Mrs. P was stunned when she saw what was happening. A few minutes later, the trolls, having completed their task, congratulated each other and walked past Cedric and Mrs. P's hiding place. The two held their breath. They're gone! Those were elves they put through the portal. I know. That's why I brought you here. But why that portal? I don't know. Where does it go? What? Well, if memory serves, that one goes to the Bahamas. Mr. Watson introduced Samantha, then sat in one of the green velvet chairs in the library and listened as the now formerly invisible woman retold her story to Mr. P. Um, about a year ago, I answered an ad for a receptionist position. I was interviewed for the job, and I got it. At first, it was pretty basic. Answering the phones, filing, typing, setting up rooms for conferences, that kind of thing. But a few months ago, the owners of the business called me into their office. I thought they wanted me to take some dictation, so I brought pad and paper. Mr. Watson offered her some tea. She accepted it gratefully. Go on, get to the point, young woman. Manners, Mr. Holmes. My apologies, miss. Sorry, Dr. Watson. Um, I'm okay. Well, they told me that they had a special job for me. Pardon the interruption. Who is your employer? Uh, Marley and Scrooge Financial Services? Hmm, I see. Well, I really had no idea what they wanted me to do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you said it was something underhanded and scrupulous. Oh, Mr. P., that's exactly what it was. They said they knew about my family's special ability to locate things, and they handed me a folder. <clears throat> what was in it? Well, Dr. Watson, it was papers explaining a plan to take over the Institute and something called the Heartstone. Mr. P. sat up straight, looked at the other men and their shocked expressions. What did you do next, young woman? I thought it was simply a financial buyout. It happens all the time. But I told them I couldn't believe anyone could buy the Institute. It's too important to be treated like a commodity. When I said that, they laughed and said they could acquire anything they pleased. So, <clears throat> let me get this straight, young lady. You went along with their plan? Uh, no. Uh, yes. I mean, no... I, I told them I didn't want to have any part of what they were doing. And yet, here you are. <clears throat> Mr. Holmes, please calm down. Uh, oh, yes. Sorry, Watson. Go ahead, young woman. 
Uh, honest, I was going to quit. Just get up and walk out of their office. Then they told me I had no choice. That if I didn't help, they would implicate me in a fraud scheme and have me sent to prison. <clears throat> there, there, young lady. Have some more tea. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Watson. <clears throat> so, what happened after that? Uh, yes, yes, go on. They set it all up for me to be here tonight. I was supposed to take an invisibility potion, enter the hide-and-seek competition, and locate the heartstone. <clears throat> but those potions only last about mm, two hours. This is a big house, and trying to find an object here, well, like finding a needle in a haystack. Well, yeah, I know the, about the length of time on those. That's why they gave me several vials with one dose each. They were numbered, and they said to take them in order, but the labels fell off, and I was losing my invisibility. I decided just to skip the order of them and chance it, so I picked one. If that invisible man had not knocked me over, I would have drank it, and you saw what it did to the floor. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go to jail. Otherwise, there's no way I would have agreed to some crazy plan like this. One hour later. Uh, for goodness sake, woman, how long is this story? Sherlock, please. Uh, my apologies. We do need to wrap up this investigation. Uh, let me see if I understand your plight. Your employers? Uh, yeah, Marley and Scrooge. Uh, yes, Marley and Scrooge wanted you to do a job for them that involved taking over the Institute and stealing the Heartstone. Uh, yeah, but I said no. Yes, yes. They chose you because of your talent for finding things, which I assume would be the Heartstone. Yeah, uh, they said they'd sent lots of others to acquire it, but none of them could find it. Uh, okay, so after you declined their offer, they threatened to frame you for embezzlement. You therefore agreed to avoid prosecution. Uh, that's right. Yesterday, you were overwhelmed by your conscience and declined to be involved in their scheme. Yeah, but then they said they anticipated me backing out, so they were holding my husband Caleb as a guarantee for my job cooperation. <laughs> Again with the tears? There, there, young lady. Have another cup of tea. <laughs> Thanks. So, what happened next? It would seem that their plan was to kill you in the end. That's what I was saying. It doesn't appear that you have found the heartstone. No. There was a crash and the sound of running feet. Quick, Dr. Watson, turn off the lights. Cat and Hugo went to the kitchen. Oh, there you are, Mrs. P. We've been looking for you everywhere. Cedric was showing me a curious situation. Trolls. Trolls? Oh, you mean those cute little dolls with colored tufts of hair sticking out of the tops of their heads? Oh, those are so cool. Uh, not quite, my dear. No, not quite at all. Not cute either. I'm afraid Cedric is right. These trolls are definitely not cute. What were they doing? Marching Santa's elves to a portal and chucking them through. A portal? 
Wait a minute. Is this another one of those things that I should have known about? Well, we've not told you about the portals. Oh, dear, come to think of it, we hadn't had the occasion to explain about them. You've only been here a short while, and the subject just never came up. Okay, what portals and what are they for? Huh, it's our transportation network. It's how most of the sentient creatures travel. Um, okay, but why would not-cute trolls be chucking elves through one of these portals? And where does it go? Well, if, I, if I'm right, that one goes to the Bahamas. Mrs. P, we were looking for you to tell you what we saw. We thought the elves were stealing from the guests. But now I don't know who they were. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and not the normal kind of weird that we usually have around here. Ever since I moved here, my definition of weird has gotten weird. The lights went out. Then they heard screams coming from the ballroom. So much going on. Why are there not-cute trolls at the house? Why did they force Santa's elves through a portal to the Bahamas? Well, the elves did want a vacation. And what is the heartstone that the invisible woman, uh, I mean Samantha, is looking for? Will Statler and Waldorf ever finish their game of checkers? What about Marcy and her story of that older woman who served her some tea in a room with a fireplace? Who is the older woman, and why is Mrs. P. shocked about her presence? Can Cat and Hugo catch whomever is stealing from the guest and the house? Maybe we'll find out in part three 